Hello and welcome to Joe Talks Comics. This is the podcast where I talk with friends about the comics I've been reading and enjoying lately, plus occasional solo episodes and character interviews. This week, it was another fun one, as I always tend to say, as I talked with Dan Starseski from the League of Comic Geeks about the comics we read and enjoyed in April. I always enjoy doing these monthly roundups, so it was nice to do another one with connecting with another friend from the League and get to talk with them for an extended period of time. Like this, we both read lots in April's, but we managed to cover lots of different things and have lots of different interesting discussions and tangents along the way. This is probably one of the more most loosest episodes in terms of the format and the conversation. So yeah, it's just always fun to just generally talk comics. Additionally, uh, like last month, I just wanted to highlight some comics that I enjoyed and read that didn't come up in the conversation. So, and I'm just trying to limit this to like things that, like story arcs beginning or ending, just to make sure that I'm not just saying the same things again and again, as I sort of mentioned at the beginning of this conversation. But yes, in April, Green Arrow started, there was a new ongoing, for that title if you didn't see it, that was really fun by Joshua Williamson, Sean Isaacsi, I'm really sorry if I said that wrong, um, on the writing and art, and then remote. Romolo Fajardo Jr. on colours. Again, sorry if I mispronounced that. Troy Petrie on letters. That was a really fun and entertaining read. The artwork was so great. And it, it does pick up after Dark Crisis. But I don't I don't know if you really... If you want to know what was happened to Ollie to get him in a situation, you can read that. But I think the issue did a good job of not only reintroducing his situation, but also reintroducing the other... Arrow family members, and I'm excited to see how it unfolds because it was a lot of fun. Additionally, the first arc of Miles Morales Spider Man concluded, um, written by Cody Ziegler, with art by Federico Vicentini, tiring by Brian Valenza, and lettering by Corey Petit. That's been an incredible series. Just like the artwork is so awesome, so dynamic, so vibrant, it's absolutely perfect for a Spidey title, and the story was really entertaining. I, I thought the villain was great. I know some people were mixed on her, but I really enjoyed her, her motivations, everything like that. It just made for a great read, and I really hope that the series keeps up that momentum. It's also had incredible covers by Dyke Ruan and Alejandro Sanchez. Those have been awesome to see as well. I definitely recommend that one, especially if you like Spidey People, if you're not into the current Spider-Man title at the moment. Well, Amazing Spider-Man, I mean. And you know, or you just want something generally Marvel on your poor list. I yeah, I would recommend it. So, but speaking of Spider-Man, adding to this, this Spider-Man, that the, the first arc of that also concluded with Dan Slott, Mark Bagley, John Dale, uh, Andrew Hennessy, and Edgar Delgado, Clayton Cowles on all of the things: writing, penciling, inking, coloring, lettering. So a lot of like legends and class people in the industry on this book. And it's been a lot of fun. I know some people are burnt out on multiverse and spiderverse stuff, and I, I totally get that, but I, it just always seems to appeal to me. I always find it really fun seeing the different spider people come together and seeing how Slot utilised Shathra in this arc and where things are, are going from here. I'm really excited to see where this series goes because it, it's been very entertaining. Not necessarily my favourite title on shelves, but it doesn't have to be. It's just really solid, fun superhero comics about one of the world's best superheroes. And speaking of, Superman 3 also concluded that first arc. It's a bit of a shorter arc, which is nice. 
by Joshua Williamson, another one by written by him, Jamal Campbell on art, Irena Mayer on lettering again, I apologise if I said any of those wrong. But yes, another really entertaining series, gorgeous art by Jamal. And it has a very like animated feel to it, which is always a delight. I think and I think what's really cool is it was delightful, but this first doctor they had a bit of a creepiness to it with the parasite as used as a villain, so always cool to see underused villains get utilized. But yeah, another really fun series that I'm excited to see where it goes. The page count, well, I mean, it's $5, but it certainly seems to be the price of a $4 comic. It's just not got a backup or anything, and it's not got cardstock cover. So that stings a bit, but so far, the price of the book, sorry, I mean, like, the quality of the book has been worth it to uh, justify it, maybe. I don't know. It, it, it's up to you. That's not like a personal decision to make, but. Yeah, another really fun book. If you want some classic Superman action, check out that. And action comics, which I'm not going to talk about, but that's just as always consistent as usual. That's been really fun since um, it, that started the new market at the start of the year with 1051, 1051, 1051, however you want to say it. This one doesn't necessarily fit the rules of like beginning on end of an arc, but... I wanted to highlight what's the furthest place from here, 11. Because I'd have to highlight this book every month just to try and get more people to read it. Read it. It's very strange, but in like the best way, odd, weird. It's definitely a book uh, I really enjoy. I, I am addicted to the visual style and the art style and the, well, of, of Tyler Boss as an artist, but also how he pairs with Matthew Rosenberg. Their, their style of writing is just so intriguing. It's endlessly captivating to me. I can't get enough of it, despite how creepy it is. And it's the sort of thing I was glad to love with four kids walking to a bank when I read that. So I really need to read some of their other works uh, together and just separately in general. So yeah, what's the purpose place from here? Check that out. The There was a first trade for it last year. And so hopefully there'll be a second trade of it soon so you can yeah catch up on that now onto some books that didn't necessarily release in april but i wanted to highlight this will be out a couple of weeks after my today's comics and eyes review with zach kaplan writer of many series so that was really cool too we had a lot of fun with that. i hope you enjoyed that conversation and i hope you can go and check it out if you haven't already but yeah so for the interview i read things like breakouts from Farcos comics Mindset from Vault Comics, which had, well, it's a breakout. I had Wilton Santos at art, Jason Wordy on colouring, Jim Campbell on letters. Mindset had John Pearson on art, Hassan Otsme and Alhal on letters. So just like incredible creative teams there. Both books that are really up my eye, yeah, really up my alley conceptually, where they lean into that sort of sci fi feel. Break, they both have that sci fi feel, but breakout of it's through heights, which I love, love. Mindset through, like, mind control, which always going to be intriguing, always going to be down for that. And the way the their respective art styles work into the story, that, that, that just, we, we talk about it a bit in this conversation, actually, but the ideas of, like, unique paneling and just thinking of, like, new, new and original and fresh ways to illustrate the comic and in terms of the sequential storytelling. Both really great entertaining series. I'd highly recommend the trades are out either now or around now hopefully soon i think breakout is out but mindset might not be quite be out yet depending when you're listening to this but hopefully you can go pick those up and then speaking of books i read for interviews 
with my today's comics. Um, I also read Specs earlier in April. David M. Boer, Chris Sheehan on art, Roman Stevens on colouring, Jim Campbell again on letters. Again, I hope I pronounced those all right, but another really fun series. And fun is maybe not quite the word to use, but if you know the series, you'll know what I mean, but sort of that 80s, not not, not 80s nostalgia, like you would think of some things these days, but 80s feel, because it's set in the 80s, and like two teenagers, and the horror, and the things that unfurl and happen when they come across these this pair of glasses and I, I don't want to say too much about it because you'll just have to read it for yourself but if you do want to read it for yourself I, I would recommend it it was a really great read and I, I feel like it just got better throughout the series for me and it, it's also got like a gay main character one of them is gay so that obviously spoke a lot to me and so yeah that that was a really again a really great series now I know that I don't like everything that Bendis has put out, but I loved Ultimate Spider-Man, what I've read of it so far, the first omnibus in a bit. And I loved Batman Universe, drawn by Nick Darrington, coming by Dave Stewart, letters by... I'm not quite sure, there's multiple letters on here, I'm not sure if any of those are, are correct, but that was a very, very fun, entertaining series. I've been wanting to read it for years, and it did not disappoint because of the way it was released in the Walmart multi like magazine story, multi stories, that's what we're looking for. It's like twelve twelve like a dozen page big nets, but they're all like connected together. It's all one story. And it just makes it very fast paced, very like dramatic. And it's frantic, but not in a way that felt rushed to me. It was in a way that felt really enjoyable. I just loved how it made it quite an easy read, just to like breeze for you through or almost i suppose if you need a palette cleanser it'll be like a fantastic one to to go with and the art style by derrington and stuart on colors it's so classic vibrant retro and i just love how the 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 line work is really solid and concrete it's not fluid. I, I love art styles where the line work is fluid and etc but it's also something really satisfying about derrington's line work where it is so like solid and you can like see the lines and everything it just uh, yeah i love it i really hope we get like a deluxe hardcover of that someday because i I mean i love the standard size hardcover but nothing beats a nice deluxe hardcover um i also uh, speaking of series i've been meaning to read for a while it was fun i got around to reading blue and gold mainly by dan jurgen written by dan jurgens and art by ryan sook with also some uh, um, other art and other issues by like well, just as like international classic artists, Kelly Hammer and Kevin Maguire, lots of some other work by like Phil Hester, Paul Pelletier, um, Norm Rapmund. So loads of quite quite a few colorists, not colorists, quite a few artists in this book. That was really fun. And, and speaking of palette cleansers, this was a, another like light, breezy, fun read. If you love like blue and gold, then I think you'll probably enjoy this. I've always found them. Like entertaining, I've always wanted to read them. I just love the designs, and whenever they show up, I just want to read them. So I haven't read the Justice League International run from the 80s. You think if I really enjoyed the idea of them, I would, but I haven't got around to it yet. It's not necessarily a must-read, but it's definitely a fun one and definitely something that I would recommend if you just want something that's like. And I know sometimes people want those comics that are like comedic and and fun 
and this this is definitely one of them, especially with uh, the art by Ryan Serkin and the issues he was managed to do. Most of them, it's again using the same words I always use, like dynamic and vibrant. It's just so, so much energy and richness to the colouring. And then even one of the issues when the art changes incorporated into the story, that was really entertaining. Um, as I've said quite a few times, so yeah, great series. Now I've I've talked to a few creators by this point that write and draw their own books, which I always think is really impressive. And this is one of them that I got to read in April. Another one, again, I've been wanting to read for a while. The Kill Lock by Livio Ramondetti. Again, I hope I pronounced that right. Published by IDW. If, so, I, I again, I love sci-fi and robots and things. So I was automatically intrigued. And then the the premise of this... It's basically four, but spoiling too much, four robots were committed separate crimes, and then they're bound to each other's fates in this sci-fi graphic novel, as it says, where they're, they're very different, like classes and things, classes of robots, if you imagine, like a fantasy thing, you might have like different classes of characters or whatever, or I guess not just fantasy, but think of like, it makes me think of like D&D when you have like the different classes of, of characters that you have the different like robots and anyway i'm getting off track it makes me think of those series with anthropomorphized characters animals where you're exploring these very human feelings and themes and ideas through these non-human characters and that's something that's especially prevalent here the artwork is incredible it's it's interesting because it has a very realistic look to it the atmosphere so you can sort of see like the, the like the grit and the metal and of the robot and it feels like dirty and real and that was a really interesting and fun angle to read through and the story gets very deep and yeah that was it's really hard to say too much about that without spoiling this but it it was a really good read I, i would recommend it if you're at all interested and finally invisible kingdom by G. Wedder Wilson and Christian Ward and Sal C. Giuliano. I'm really sorry. On I think on lettering maybe. Um, yes. I do not have enough time to talk probably about this, but I'm excited to cover this in a full episode of Might of These Comments at some point. But this was a really again interesting read where it explores lots of themes around like religion and lots of issues that are like prevalent to our world today. And again, exploring them through a very like sci-fi fantasy lens in like cosmic and space. And there are some allusions to those real-world things which aren't exactly subtle at all. And so it's fascinating to see how Wilson like unpacks those and weaves them into the story. And it's not even mentioning Ward's like phenomenal art. It's like breathtaking at times. How the like whimsy of it, like the richness of it the you know, just like looking at the cover it feels so evocative i just feel it's almost like wet paint but like i could reach out and touch the and just get lost in the oh, like an absolutely glorious i love it i know sometimes on his more grounded superhero work the faces and things don't quite work but here when it's more like alien based and fantasy based even if it's still humanoid but just it works so well and i that's one i definitely can't recommend enough so yeah with that i'll let you get to the, the conversation as always i hope you enjoy and i'll see you on the other side
Dan Starseski, welcome to the, the podcast. It's, it's good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so it's always fun when I can get a guest on, a friend of the League of Comic Geeks, to talk about the, the books we read in a month, a nice monthly recap, this time covering April, because and it's also nice when um, something that isn't necessarily reading that's not the same titles as me, because I, I imagine it, it becomes a pretty boring episode idea if, if my poor list stays too consistent each month so it's like yes the, the latest Batman issue was good I mean which it was but yeah I mean we all read the same we read the same thing we both like them and it's like all right well what else is there to talk about then <laughs> but, yeah very short episode yeah 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 I, I you strike me I based on what I see you review I I see you get a good mix of kind of different publishers in, but I, if I had to guess, you probably lean a little bit more in favor of Marvel. Is that correct? Or, or would you not even say that? Uh, it depends, mm-hmm. I think. There was a point in time, it's it, it's balanced out again now, these days. Yeah. But there was a point when I wasn't really picking up any Marvel oh, okay. at all. And then, like last year, the new Fantastic Four run started, mm-hmm. and the new Miles started, and... Slot Bagley, Spider-Man started. So those sorts of series that I picked up and have been good. So I think it just sort of depends on what's out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I hardly... So it's it's kind of strange because like my my actual pull list from varying from month to month is, is fairly even. But I think for a while it was only even because I probably pulled less DC books than I would because I have the, the DC Universe app. Right. Yeah. So, so like if unless I like really want to collect it, I'm I'm just going to read it on. I'll just wait and read it on there, especially because they came out with the the ultra tier where you can just read things that are a month a month past. So so that that's yeah. been helpful to kind of curb the, the cost of that a bit. But I still want to, you know, support the, the local comic store. So so I want to be able to yeah. some stuff. Yeah, it becomes tough in trying to get that balance between the your sort of personal value for money and wanting to support a local business, especially if they're a smaller comic store. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yours, but. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I, one thing I have to say is that I, I appreciate how, um, how positive your <laughs> reviews and posts are, um, you know, as I'm sure you've experienced the, uh, the comic community can sometimes get a, a bad rap for um, kind of, overreacting to things and and being a bit negative at times but um you know even even when something maybe isn't its best you tend to find the find the positives in it so that's appreciated thank you yeah i try it's funny you mentioned that because i think this might actually go out on the week of 26 releasing okay but yesterday as we're, as we're as of when we're recording all wednesday a couple of days ago um amazing spider 25 came out and there were a lot of reviews on the um league feed about that some some positive but a lot of negative and a lot of just it's always becomes a bit tiring trying to like wade through those when (laughs) a uh there's like certain issues that come along every so often and the feed just gets like like a barrage of i don't know if that's the right word of just those like negative reviews and it's like oh it's one of those new comfort days well right and so it's it, it's two books i think in particular at least in my experience it's it's amazing spider-man right and every time that comes out it's like you have to sift through all the bad reviews and then tim drake robin which i my understanding is i i think i've seen some of your reviews that you you actually are well at least at first were enjoying that book right i don't know so much 
anymore, but I, I only read the first issue of that and I just I'm not a Rossimo guy. I just I Right. Yeah. But <laughs> um Yeah. It's sort of like the if anyone, I'm sure most people know what like the Padme meme format that people have made. When in the earlier issues of Tim Drake Robin, I d- did actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the thing was like, we're going to learn more about Bernard, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Like he's going right. to get some more of a personality. Um, I was like, right. That, 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 that's at least like the hope. Right. And, and then it hasn't quite materialized. Issue seven was um, from his perspective, which was fun. But even so, it sort of it sort of gets to the point when you start to realize that maybe that that depth isn't necessarily going to come along, and it's just it's just shallow writing. Like mm-hmm. that's not to say that I, I didn't you, you can't enjoy it or you can't because there's a whole conversation that about like like good in inverted commas representation and all all of that, which becomes yeah. an inter- interesting discussion. But it's yeah, yeah, there's definitely lots of things you you could say about it. I I, I know as, it doesn't especially help at all that, as you say, Rosemary is the artist because I actually really like his work, even on because there's sort of a few camps where there are people that don't like his work at all. There are people that like his work but don't necessarily think he was a good fit for the series, mm-hmm. and then there's people like me that actually like enjoy him and enjoyed him on the series. But I know I, I appreciate that. It it does it's a bit stylized, especially on it's a bit more grounded, like Robin. Yeah, well, and like I think I might be in the camp of of just not liking his fit on there because I I mean I, I to be fair I think that might be the only thing I've read with him, but I've seen his art from there's some there's a constant the John Constantine book that he did uh, I don't recall which one it is, but like the I think the art looked good on it, and then he's doing a Sandman book that also looks very good. Um, but then, like the, the the one picture of Tim that gets uh, posted around is where he looks like Sid from Toy Story, and it's just like it looks. It's just it's just a, it's a rough look in my opinion. I I just I don't I just don't know. And and I think that um, the other thing, and and this is all obviously just from a uh, my my observations after one issue. But um, while like I I liked like the Sherlock Holmes and like literary references. Um, the um the the tone of it all was more of a like um like a slice of life that th- these are the emotions of these characters and a little bit less of a of what you've seen with Tim before you know and so i mean that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just different and you know some people can can react pretty badly whenever something different happens <laughs> so i mean um it's it, i mean i just i hope we see more tim that's all you know and and gets uh because it's it's ending at issue 10 is that right i'm pretty sure yeah in june so right well so night terrors will come and then whatever happens we'll see i mean i doubt yeah you know so yeah but but april was april was pretty good i mean both in terms of i mean i i read quite a bit of stuff of kind of back issues but like the um the actual stuff released in april uh was was pretty solid um i mean did you have a did you have like a favorite thing that you read in april my favorite's always the same every month and it's world fine world's finest i mean it's it's just it's too good it's just too good yeah yeah it was it was fun 
the world's finest this year in April because it kicked off a new arc. Because after they had an like that that interstitial issue in March, it, it, which was which was fun and I really enjoyed. But again, it's always nice to get back to the main story for a new exciting storyline or whatever right right yeah and and like well and so actually i think that no so so march march was the the kickoff of the that was the first the first book of the the new arc i think because then oh, yeah. yeah february was where, right yeah where um dick and Kara went on a date Yes, getting mixed up. I don't know why I thought that was well. It, it was it was a good continuation of the yeah yeah. But I mean, I, I'm just like I'm just like really enjoying the the uh, the setting of of World's Finest, right? Like like um like I'm a I'm a huge Dick Grayson fan in general, right? And and like I'm I'm very happy with that he has you know graduated and moved to Nightwing and is is doing his own thing separate from Batman. But like like my my introduction into really like comic book characters is Batman, the animated series where Dick Grayson's Robin. And it's just, it's, it, it makes it so that like, if Dick Grayson's Robin in a story, you better believe I'm going to enjoy it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, um, and it's awesome to see these stories. So you get that, that older feel while it's still feeling modern uh, at the same time. Cause you don't get like, you get the older books where the there's like walls of text and thought bubbles explaining every single thing going through their mind, but um, but you still get the the uh, you don't you don't really get that with with World's Finest, so so that's fun. Yeah, it's a really fun and delightful balance there. I think that's the thing that always gets highlighted, and I always find myself is that it's just so fun. And I mean, I don't I don't think anyone can say enough good things about. Like the art in the series with like Mortar's art and Bond and especially with Bond villains colors, it's just so like vibrant and rich and it, 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 yeah, I think like delightful is just the best word or one of the best words to, to sum up. To be honest, yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you that you mentioned Bond villain because I I made note of that in in my review for um, Shazam number one is like the art's still really good. Obviously. Yes, that was interesting. It's it's really good. The art and, and and like I'm I'm still like like more is amazing, right? But some I, I can't quite put my finger on what exactly it is about Bond villains colors that are just like that set it apart. So like I everyone everyone and Dan Moore deserves every ounce of credit that he gets, but like Bond villain adds probably more to that than we even realize. Um, and so I know that they do work together frequently. I don't know how many other like because um, I like I try to try to read as much Dan Moore as I possibly, or pick up as many Dan Moore books as I can. Like once in future, I think Bond villains on that as well. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to mention once in future because I think that must have been my first like proper introduction to to Moore's art and by right. extension Bond villains coloring because I I remember hearing that it, it was like so many good things about it. Yeah, and also when I saw it for myself. It was the most like vibrant yeah. art that I'd like ever seen. Like the colors were just probably the best colors that I ever seen, just in terms of how like spectacular they were. They were just yeah. she de- she definitely like elevates it in such a like bold way. Just yeah, this is yeah, so much about it that yeah, and and the amazing thing about Once and Future is like it's like the the tone of it of it all is like it's so dark, you know, it's like. It's it's all really dark, but somehow also the colors are vibrant. And I think maybe that's kind of what it is uh, that stands out 
is there's so much use of like black and dark gray in the backgrounds that the vibrant colors that that they're using is is um push pushes just pushes it kind of into your face and and another artist that kind of does that um is a tim or that they did that is tim sale um looking at like the long halloween and stuff using using sort of monotone backgrounds but then like pushing the color that they want you to see that he wants you to see like right up in your face which i i just i i love that i'm, I'm a sucker for that so like in the long halloween and uh was it spider-man blue um he, he does that a ton. And so I, I see that when, when Bond villain does, uh, I see Bond villain. I, I would be interested to see if, if she took inspiration from Tim sale in that, uh, in that book. Cause I, I see some similarities there. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that. It's the, all, all, all the amazing books that I hear about drawn by Tim sale is definitely one of my biggest, probably blind spots at the moment in terms of what I started to read. Cause I don't think there's anything, but yeah, like like the classics, like like Long Halloween and those things that I need to dive into someday. You you haven't read Long Halloween? No. Uh, well, it's it's just like uh, I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, uh, it's it's truly it's I I don't I don't I wouldn't say I read a ton, uh, do a ton of rereading, you know, um, just because there's so much to read. But that and like Watchmen are two that I've just read a few times and. Like my, my wife does not read comic books. She reads quite a bit, but not comic books. And um, I told her, I'm like, you, like, you have to read this for, for long Halloween. Cause it's just, it's, it's incredible. So yeah, I mean that Spider-Man blue is amazing. Cause that's, that's both Jeff Loeb and Tim sale uh, for long Halloween and Spider-Man blue. And then there's a bunch, I, I haven't read all of them either. They did dark victory, which I read, but there's a whole bunch of Marvel ones that they did that are, that, um, that I want to read just because I mean, Spider-Man blue was amazing too. So yeah. Those yeah. Were- like Hulk, like Hulk gray and Daredevil, you know, yeah, yeah. those sorts of things I haven't, there's, there's always so much that you, you haven't read. Yeah. There's a, there's a Captain America one too, I think, which I, I'm going to be honest. I would, I, I am, I am glad that the conversation, even if it was steered by me has been steered to Captain America because I've been reading, <laughs> I've been reading uh, Mark, Grunwald, I think that's how you say his name. His his run in the eighties on Captain America, and it's the the whole John Walker saga. I, I don't know if we want to avoid spoilers on on a you know closing in on forty year old run, but uh, all I'll say is that it it's it's been a page turner. I can't I like I can't stop reading it. I've I've read I got a Marvel Unlimited membership in on May first, and I think I've read. 30 captain america issues since then it's it's just i can't stop it's so good (laughs) so nice yeah Yeah, uh, that's another run like a classic sort of 80s run that i hear a lot of good things about and i think in general it's interesting that a lot of my like marvel stuff i haven't read is, is some of like the most prominent characters from the mcu like Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, where yeah. I've, read, I've read the first omnibus of Jason Aaron's Thor. Okay. But ap- apart from that, I haven't really read any any of that sort of like, trinity of the MCU for such a long time. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, um, I know... I'm trying to think of what I've read of those, of those kind of, those, those big, those heavy hitters, like you mentioned, like Thor. I haven't mm-hmm. I've read like no Thor, like at all. 
Um, not that I'm not interested, just, you know, obviously, like you said, there, there's always, there's always gonna be a ton of stuff that you haven't read. <laughs> um, and, and then, uh, like, I, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever read an, a solo Iron Man book, but like, I read like Civil War, which, you know, Cap and Iron Man are obviously very prominent in that. Um, that actually might've been one of the first comic books I read. That was years before I, I started like actively reading, but, um, but, and I saw Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, that that's ending. I think I saw that recently. So. Yes, I, I've heard a lot of good things about so well that run and that those those both of those runs one of them written by um Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly yeah. and I can't remember the writer of the other one but uh, I can never I can't remember which one is which but um I guess I know some people in the on the League Discord and community were were very upset about that ending yeah yeah it's, it, it's a really short run it just goes to twelve well that that kind of feels like what Marvel's been doing so much of lately like like all this renumbering. Like, I, I, I don't know. I guess I, I appreciate the legacy numbering, though. And that's kind of what I'm yeah. going to end up looking at anyway, you know. But in, in, in I mean, mm-mm. I was going to say, in a sense, it's like sort of helpful to see, okay, this arc starts or this new run starts at number one, even though it's legacy 600 something, whatever. But, but yeah. I, yeah. I, and I was, I can't remember how they got onto it or if I actually looked on how they got onto it. But there was a conversation that just got a bit about this sort of, Legacy numbering are they are in num- number ones and mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I pointed out something that's always interesting and funny to me that sh- surely at a certain point Batman one thirty five isn't any worse in terms of like big numbers in like yeah. inverted commas than nine hundred like yeah ha- at that point it felt because it, it, it's tough because if if you like like stop renumbering after a certain point and just mm-hmm. sort of like put your foot down and say you're not going to renumber then you, you end up in this sort of weird situation where the numbering started with Rebirth and we've had several runs since then, so now you're a weird numbering like 135. Right. And it, it, it's like, if you're not going to renumber, then it's, it's I don't know if it's just almost worth just reverting back to legacy numbering or just like leaving it as it is, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with that. And like Wonder Woman and Flash both got back uh, to their legacy numbering. Yeah, and, and now they're going back yeah, to yeah, issue one yeah. in September. <laughs> Right, right. So, like, I don't, Although, I don't know where they think where their heads are with that. I don't know if they if they care or if I mean, can the one number one issue? I mean, I guess that I mean the sales bump has to be a real thing or they wouldn't do it, you know. But well, that's what that's my thinking, and and also because I think it like it does happen. There's there's probably diminishing. There's almost definitely diminishing returns. But yeah, because I, I remember there is. Um, and in two series that, uh, that I love called By the Horns that the writer on in January, end of January. And they did like eight issues and then took a break. And then like when they came back, they like started with a new number one. Right. And like they put their legacy numbering on the back. And so it's, so I think it's sort of interesting that it's not just like these like big, like Marvel and DC. If it's, like more indie comics are having to like do it to get the best possible. Then like, although in some cases you you'd argue that an, an indie comic needs to be numbering more because they're probably like a Spider-Man number one is probably more likely to Spider-Man's going to sell whatever, whereas yeah. something like an indie comic is probably going to need that sales bump more. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine that like a, a sales bump from a new number one for an indie com- well nowadays though like when you get amazon and netflix picking up uh these books for tv shows like 
these indie comic number ones are becoming extremely valuable. Like, uh, what is it? Some something is killing the children. Isn't that uh, that's getting a show, right? And yes, it's and worth like it's worth. I mean, you you pay an arm and a leg to get that anymore. Uh, Eight billion genies, just to oh yeah. A few. I mean, it's just yeah. At this point, I'm just gonna start. You know, just to you know finance my retirement, I'll just run around and grab all the number one indie comics and hope that they get picked up for TV shows. <laughs> But yes, yeah, it's cool when you when you have um, comics like Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel, which is ending in June. That's mm-hmm. so next month at issue fifty, and that's like the last title that was relaunched in like the twenty eighteen twenty nineteen fresh start era, which is what coincidentally when I got into comics, so I have a lot of fondness for that era. But right. it's so wild to see the last that they managed to survive for like fifty issues that long. Um, and then, yeah, you just wonder what the the next longest running title after that is going to be. Because even like Strange Academy was relaunched after eighteen issues for its like six issue finale, which felt a bit weird. But right, right, yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell where where anyone's heads are when they do the the whole renumbering thing. And you look at like yeah, it, it's a mess. Like like Daredevil that didn't even really. I mean, I guess like because it came after Devil's Reign, but it's the same off. It's the same creative team. So like, why bother? So literally the same writer and artist. Yeah, or... yeah. And I think he, I think, I think Chip Zdarsky was actually upset that they renumbered it. But I mean, it, it is what it is. I also think, I also think that might be one of the times when like ed- editorial like e- elevated it to an, an event. I think it might have just been planned as an arc in his series at one point, mm-hmm. and then they were like, let's make this an event, and then. It didn't necessarily need like a Daredevil title running alongside it, so that's when they like took a break and then they yeah. launched it. And it's it's all the yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, I I mean, and that and that's a good point, right? Because you know, it's if they're treating it as an event, that I mean, that that makes sense. It it always seems to me though, like I find I because I, I haven't been reading for that long, right? I've I've, I've only I only started reading comics in like two thousand nineteen ish, but like like I was always under the impression that these events like the the tie-ins don't feel like they tie in as much and and i I, i've had i have yet to find an event where you get books that that like tie in and like really tie in you know except for let me let me let me rephrase that because you have um i read the the death of superman and the reign of the supermen like all that 90s Superman stuff. And like, there's four different books where they, you have to read all four of them or you are not going to know what's going on. And so like, I appreciate it in one stand because like, I don't want to have to read four different books to know what's happening. But the, at the same time, like during Dark Crisis, right? Like Batman was was fighting with Failsafe and apparently he was missing. And like, I don't know when all this stuff is supposed to take place. You know, like <laughs> it's just, it gets to be, it gets to be a little confusing. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can appreciate that it's not, try, they're not trying to bust your wallet by making you buy seven different things at the same time anymore. So, Well, because that raises the interesting question about what people prefer in terms of their events. Because you, like sometimes you, you have like the like Marvel model where sometimes you'll have like summer events where like every title, like it, it just like interrupts the, like the ongoing title just interrupts the flow and crosses over into the event, like, what War of the Realms? I don't know if there's been a more recent one, mm-hmm. I suppose. Well, because, you, you had, uh, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, maybe, because um, then you have other events like Empire and Absolute Carnage, where mm-hmm. 
the event, sorry, the tie-ins are contained within their own comics. Like yeah. they, they're not like subtitled, like Absolute Carnage, um, Spider-Man, Absolute Carnage, and Mortal Hulk or whatever. Yeah, and and then like sometimes only certain series tie in, and then uh, and then of course yeah, you have Dark Crisis where it's like just just gonna keep on playing up the titles while yeah. the event's going on. Yeah, like like who knows what's supposed to be happening. And and you meant now you mentioned that like it makes me kind of wonder if I even know what I want because now that I think about it, I was like like when Future State was happening for DC, mm. like the night like Tom Taylor was crushing it on on Nightwing before Future State, and then I did not like the Future State Nightwing issues at all. And then he went right. I, I'm pretty sure if I recall correctly. The ones after Fear State. are pretty good. Fear State. Future State. I think. Yeah, it is yeah. Fear State. You're right. Yeah. Fear similar though. Yeah. Similar yeah. names. I mean, yeah, we got names that are so similar. But but yeah, so fear, the Fear State stuff, right? Like I thought that those were – and it's interesting because like Tom Taylor still wrote those issues, but he was be obviously yeah. an editorial like, you know, you have to fit it into this box. Because the crazy thing is about, about that was like – like Dick had just well, I, I guess again I don't want to do spoilers, but basically, basically, um, he Dick like bolted on Bloodhaven at the absolute wrong time <laughs> to go to Gotham to do the Fear State stuff, and and the way they explained it in the issue was just like I know it's a bad time, but I got to do this, and like that was the extent of the explanation, and it's just like okay, that seems a little off because like there's really important things happening in Bloodhaven, but we need to do Fear State, so <laughs> so to that point. If they had just ignored it and just let Dick magically be in Bloodhaven and Gotham at the same time, then that could have been avoided. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want from events. Maybe just no events. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, because that, that's the weird thing, as you mentioned, about that gets so much discourse. It's like they, they interrupt the title for three months, and then it sort of interrupts that some of like, the flow and, and the logic of the story. And... The tie-ins aren't, aren't even necessarily like essential, even or don't necessarily even play into the the main story at all. Mm-hmm. So it feels like a lot of work for not much right. payoff, and it, it, yeah, it's like the, the eternal question. I will say one thing is that that the Bruno Redondo collecting covers, collecting coverays for those issues were really good for the Fear State ones. Yeah, he's he is he's super good. He's fantastic, and um and. I read he did uh, art on a human target book, like when he was very first starting. And it's funny because he, um, it does not look the same as as it, lo- as it looks now. You can see massive improvement. And <laughs> I, I was, I, I, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but at, at the time I was on Twitter, and I, I like, I like mentored, tagged him, and said something about his human target, and he was like embarrassed to say that he was on the book. And it's like not that bad, but like. He he's obviously made leaps and bounds, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look at those covers because I think I think I know the ones you're talking about. I know a lot of people don't like that um, that Barbara Gordon, uh, the her her costume in that like the it's, it looks kind of like the the Batgirl from Burnside one mixed with something else. But let's see these. You said the connecting covers for oh yeah 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 those are nice. Those are those are good covers. I guess I didn't. I don't even know that I realized that they were connecting covers until you mentioned it. So, but I actually, I actually dropped Nightwing. Yeah, not, Nightwing is a conversation. It's one of those books where there was a period of time after the first date issues mm-hmm. in sort of like the like the eighties and nineties 
when because I think uh, I think most people were sort of blown away by the first arc and enjoyed the first arc, and then Fear State threw off the momentum a bit as those sorts of issues do, mm-hmm. and then I still enjoyed it afterwards, but it wasn't quite the same. And there was a certain point between the Fear State issues and a and a hundred like a dozen issues or so where. Some people were like, oh, like Bruno Redondo is carrying the book. It's only yeah. good because he has an art. And I was, I was, I was slightly in denial. I was like, no, no. And then it, it, it sort of got to a, it, like, it got to a hundred. Yeah. And I read it and I was like, I've enjoyed these past like dozen issues or so, but I did want to like make pull this space for something else just to like move on to something else. Yeah. So it's like, I think I was still, go back and read the rest of the run someday, but I just needed a, a fancy to change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I dropped it and I'm, I'm reading it a month behind digitally. So I've, I've read through one of them, uh, but like, and the only reason I'm doing that is because, because I have, it's part of the subscription, right? Like it, it's not, I, I, it's interesting cause it's not bad, right? It's not, it's not that it's bad. Tom Taylor is a good writer. I know he is cause he's written really good things. I don't know if it's like an ongoing thing, Cause like, obviously the whole heartless thing, like the, he, it's like he had fear state, he had fear state to distract him. Right. And then he, he did, um, I mean, in the time between, since he started, he's had three fear state issues. He had the, the continuous, uh, art issue where every page, it just, it's just one continuous, which is really cool looking by the way, but not a whole lot of story. Right. He had, uh, crossover with uh, Superman, Son of Kal El. He had um, the Nightmite issue. He had issue 100, which was, I mean, I I'm all for anniversary issues just being like absolute and total fan service, right? Like I'm I'm okay with that. But like, and now he's got this Titans arc, and it's just like, and then now he's gonna have uh, Night Terrors. Like I I saw and- on the league that it's like it's it's very likely that we could be three years since Heartless was introduced and the issue has not been resolved, which is wild to me. <laughs> because that's the thing. So the, the run started in March 2021. Okay. And so, yeah, so I, I just sort of broke down. We had, we had all those ish- issues, and then well, uh, well, and also the weird thing was we had the we we had first day, then the continuous issue mm-hmm. and then not only did we have the son of Kellogg crossover we also had two flash crossovers oh yeah yeah issues as well and and then we sort of got back to a bit of a main story and then nightmare which admittedly i thought was fun but and then and it, but so but also it's because i remember i think some random smart ass was saying at one point that not only do we have the titans arc from 101 to 104 we also have that the, the, there's like another like Gimmicky gives like uh, a bad connotation because yeah. it does sound cool, but for lack of a better word, gimmicky issue in with one hundred five in June. So yeah. that like one issue between the Titans and Night Terrors is just like I mean I mean it's not obviously not out yet, so we'll see what happens. But so then you have two issues of Night Terrors, and then he was like, it's gonna be September before we even like start a potential like heartless continuation arc, and that's like uh, over over three years we three and a half years right right which it's nothing can if anything beats the record of kindred and the expenses amazing spider-man run i will be horrified right. but right that, that that was a that was a whole thing right 
mind you, mind you, that was only four years, which again sounds like a long time. But if Heartless is approaching three and a half, well, and the other thing is though is that like, and let me, let me even look at this. Like, I just want to see how many of these issues he's even appeared in. You know, like, well, if it was actually because well, hmm. you know, well, because he was in the the first arc, and then he was sort of like teased throughout some more issues and then he was sort of teased again in 100 yeah and then they've gone into titan so i don't know if they've oh we found out his identity in the annual yeah that was yeah. which i like that i i yeah I was... that, that was good yeah um i kind of wonder if i do wonder if that was the plan all along i want i wonder if if the, that was if the, the his identity was the plan the whole time or if like <laughs> he needed to give us something concrete about Heartless before everyone rioted. It didn't tie people off much because I think people went right back to kind of complaining about it right after that. But like, it's it's just it's just weird because like Nightwing, like Dick Grayson's my favorite character and I like Tom Taylor a lot. And I just, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I think where he really thrives is in like Elseworld stuff, you know, mm. which like, Dark Knights of Steel is again. That's a slow burn too. I think that that's more of a. I, I know that the. I think the artist on that actually had a baby, so that's the reason for the delays on that. So like, I mean, that that is what it is. But um, and that's not that's not on him. And obviously, Injustice is great. I haven't read Deceased. Well, yeah, I haven't read Deceased, but I've heard good things about it. So like, he thrives in these scenarios where he doesn't have to be, I guess, confined by um you know a, an ongoing type of story i guess but yeah. yeah i've heard people say that it's very safe things like nightwing and it it it, it always feels like a running joke at this point how many times i can bring up son of cowbell on the podcast yeah <laughs> some of which when some of which are in episodes that i recorded but aren't out yet yeah but which is always fun but because that yeah i think that's part of the problem with like especially some of his series is that yeah i don't know because i absolutely adore deceased i i haven't read the follow-up series but so I'm, I'm holding out for like a nice like massive omnibus of everything yeah yeah, yeah. At, at some point eventually in the future but i absolutely adored the first series i read and uh, i dropped off dark nights are still because the the, the, the release schedule got a bit where there was some delays that and that's been really delayed in the, the sort of second half but I, I enjoyed what i did read and the art by yasmin putri mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was great so i'm excited to be the rest of that eventually but i don't know you you you're, you're saying dark knights of steel yes yeah yeah it so if i had known so first of all it's interesting because like i started reading comics like like right at the beginning of 2019 but I I was only reading digital at that point, and I was only doing on like the subscription. I wasn't pulling anything, right? And then I because like I told myself, I'm like, oh, this is a money pit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know get myself into it. And then my wife got me uh, a subscription to Dark Knights of Steel, um, like like physical copies of it. And like the first time I went in and got my first issue, I was just like, this is a feeling I need to chase. So <laughs> so now you know like. 400 comics later 400 collected issues later and like 1500 issues read i'm obviously reading quite doing quite a bit more but um if i had known how long this would take to come out 
I probably would have just waited for the trade or the hardcover. Um, it'll read better in trade and hardcover. So yeah, but it's well, yeah. it's weird because sorry. No, I was just say it's good. It's good. Yeah. So the the issue the the story is yeah. It, it is interesting because with a different Tom with like Strange Adventures. Yeah. That's with with Mitch Gerards and Doc Shainer. I read I read the first five issues of that, and then I think it went and then went by monthly so every other month and then I, I dropped it uh, so I still need to go and read the rest of that because I loved what I did read mm. but then oh, on the other hand you have something like Human Target which I, I stuck with and it came up mostly monthly apart from well because even even when it didn't come up monthly it made up for it because there, there were a couple of times when like, you, you missed a month yeah. and then there was something two in the next month right so, like, like, so when there was a, um, a six-month hiatus between issues six and seven, mm-hmm. doing the two halves, I, I, I stuck with it, and I, I'm glad I did because that was a that was a fun series. Again, like I know, I know uh, uh, at the beginning of the episode we, we mentioned series like and then Spider-Man and Tim Drake Robin, and so Tom King is another one that generates a lot of heated discourse. But yeah, yeah. Um, for what it was, personally, I, I enjoyed Human Target. I loved Human Target. I I nice yeah. I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna choose to pretend that it's an 11 issue series, um, not a 12 issue. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I I like the 12 issue. I can't say I didn't like it, but I definitely felt weird. I, I, get, I definitely get why people didn't like it. Yeah, I, and so like to not, and that's a like that's like a new book, so I definitely don't want to spoil anything on that. But um, I just felt that some of the actions of ice in the last issue it made me think like well what like was there zero growth there throughout the the entire series like <laughs> like what happened right <laughs> like if it, I, I don't know but um greg smallwood is i would watch i would i would buy a, a comic book of him drawing you know birds and no words i he just like he, he's so good and and I need to read his Moon Knight and literally anything else yes. to find where he... Yeah. Have you read it? No. <laughs> but when the, the Moon Knight show came out, which is a, a different conversation, I uh, this is one of the ones I, I always hear a lot of good things about. I mean, especially like by written by the mayor. He's... So, and, then, so, and then especially around the TV show coming out, I had a lot of good things about it because they, they put out a complete collection paperback of it. I was like, oh yeah, I need to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Need to pick that up. That's really good. Yeah, I've I've actually been putting off reading it because it's like it's on Hoopla, but I kind of want to read it like physical. It's just one of those ones that like his his art yeah. is so good that you don't want to read it on a screen. So, um, but speaking of Jeff Lemire, like I think I heard uh, you and uh, Ice Dragon talking about uh, Little Monsters. I I read that recently. Um, that was that was a weird one for me because I don't particularly care for vampires, but but um, and I'm gonna butcher his name, D- Dustin Nguyen. I think that's how you, I don't know. I think it might be when, but I mean I could be wrong. But I saw um, I saw my voice. He he's yeah. a fantastic artist. I I read Robin and Batman of. I need to read that. Lamar, what, what what was that? I need to read that as well. It's Sorry, it's yeah. it's very good. It's very good. It, it it focuses a lot on the um, sort of the tension between Dick and Bruce 
and like i guess like how it kind of like it originated which is like that's that's like all i've ever wanted in a comic book is is something that focuses on that just because like um it's like the foundation of of dick's character and like how he's grown from being this little sidekick to kind of his own person Mm -hmm. but so but yeah so little monsters was a little weird though because i i don't like vampires in general and so i was like i was putting it off because i'm like i I don't know if i'm gonna like it but that creative team is so good and so i read it and it was one of those things where like i I could tell it was good but i just it just wasn't it just didn't click for me and i think it's because i'm just not a, a big you know vampire person but but that was that yeah so that was kind of a a weird um a weird read in that regard so yeah i mean speaking of of jeff the mayor at, at the start, at the very start of April, I don't know if you've ever read the Underwater Underwater Welder by him. No. Written and drawn by him. Um, published by Top Shelf Productions, which I realised was a uh, imprint of IDW, I think, uh-huh. which I didn't know before because I when I looked at the other the indica the indica or whatever you, how you say it right. in the book, and it was oh. But yeah, point being, that was a phenomenal book. I love why you dissected it on the link, and it's like all five stars that I can see, which is really cool. But yeah, yeah, if if you love the mail, you need to check out Underwater World. I know some people don't like his art style, but yeah. I think it, it really works. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about because he did he did Sweet Tooth too, right? Is that right? Yes, which yeah. again also need to read. Yeah, well, so I haven't read that either, but like. Like I, I, I have a hard time just looking at the cover. I have a hard, I'm looking at the cover of, uh, underwater welder and like, I, I think I'd enjoy the art well enough. It's, it's a little hard to gauge whether or not I think I'd, I'd like that, but yeah, it looks like a good book though. It looks like a, looks like a good one. I think what I like most, but now uh, I haven't read Sweet Tooth, mm-hmm. so I don't know. So I'm interested to see what his art would be like in a, like more longer format book and like an ongoing title mm-hmm. but with, with like may's book and which was again another fantastic read and underwater welder i love how he changes his style in it to in, in a sense that depending on the, the scene mm-hmm. like the like the, like the, any sort of emotional impact of it he wants to convey or mm-hmm. like what's going on it, it can be anything from like Again, like like Squiggly gives uh, might give some people a bad impression, but <laughs> it's a more like rough, very, very like rough sort of Squiggly yeah. art style. A- and then sometimes there'll be more like shading. Sometimes there'll be like less shading. Sometimes there'll be like more color, especially in some, like maze books. Sometimes there'll be like less color. And then so sometimes with like with his backgrounds, which is which is what's really fun is it'll just be like shaded black or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it will be more like watercolor mm-hmm. and it's it, it's cool because you can like still see like where the water is staying the page and everything so it's like really obvious and i feel like that adds like a massive charm to it because it just feels so uh, yeah i like, guess charming and mm-hmm. there's it, it, just something so like alluring about it to me that i find really like satisfying and really nice to read yeah now i mean and it's like it's like that's the whole that's the whole like allure of the of the medium is yeah you can use the art to tell the story and not just in the sense that here's a picture of the character right yeah exactly use, use it as a tool 
right? And that's, and like to come back to Tim Sale is like, I think he does that as well. He, you can draw a picture of, um, you know, like you can draw a picture of, you know, a, a kid standing there holding a balloon, but like if you change the colors around it and, and make one, the balloon, the really bright color, right? Like you're going to focus on that. Right. And so he, he uses that to, to do that. And it sounds kind of like, that's kind of like what Lemire does um, in, in a different way, obviously not just using color, but rather style, which I think is amazing. Cause like a lot of artists, like they draw in one style and that's the style they draw in and that's what it looks like. But if he's able to switch between styles in order to convey, you know, different tones, different moods, kind of direct you, not even direct you to how you're supposed to feel about it, but like rather um, the emotion that he wants to get across. Like, I think that's that's impressive. And I've heard good things about May's book, too, but I, I haven't read that either. I think I, I think I need to read a lot of Lemire, apparently, because I don't I don't think I've read that much apart from uh, Little Monsters and Robin and Batman. Yeah, it's like I mentioned my blind spot for Tim Sale. There was... Uh, I had a similar thing with Death of the Mayor, I mean, uh, a year or two ago in the past couple of years, which I've sort of gradually worked through because I read um, Animal Man from the New 52, which I loved. It's a very non... It's, it's not really a superhero book like you'd expect. It's much more like horror-orientated as as much as you can within the confines of a like mainline DC title. Things like, like Black Hammer which I read the first, I read the first 12 issues, the first series that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And what else? I, know, I thought there was other things as well, but yeah. He he did, uh, I didn't realize he did Old Man Logan. Oh yeah. He didn't, he didn't do the art for that, I don't think, but he did, no. he wrote it. Well, I, I think, I think at least part of that was art by Andrea Santino. Yeah, yeah. Who has worked, because I, I, I got the first Gideon Falls cover by them which uh, is really very high up my to read list which i'm excited to get to at some point because i had a lot of good things about that right right yeah i don't it's funny we're, we're talking about um we're talking about all the things all these different things we've read i don't think i don't think i've mentioned one thing that i've read that i read in in actually in april but i mean you know um it's i mean I, sorry, I, I mean, I, I was looking for your list. I mean, we we did t- we did touch on things like Daredevil and, and yeah, yeah. no, that's true. That's true. Uh, Captain America. I suppose not specifically that, that, yeah. that particular issues, but I was like, oh wait, wait, hang on, Nightwing. Did you um have you been reading No One? No, uh, I've had again. I've had a lot of good things about that because I, I love Radiant Black. So yeah, I'm I'm already in that like massive verse. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I can't decide how much of no one. So like I, I lived in, in Pittsburgh, which is where no one is set. And I can't decide how much of it is just how nailed they have the setting of Pittsburgh and how much of it is that it's a good book, but I'm enjoying it either way. So, <laughs> but it's, yeah. So the, that plus the podcast is just like, it's such a wild experience. Like it, it's, it's complete immersion in the story to the point where like, I'm listening to the podcast and like, I have to like remind myself like, okay, this never happened. Right. Like this is, this is, this is, like, <laughs> this is, this isn't, this didn't happen. So it, it's, it's very good. I, I can't speak highly enough of it. So. Um, yeah. I think that's something that I, I've touched on a few times in the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's just the uniqueness and the originality and the idea that they bring to making something cool, not just to like make a comic, but to like extend it in a, multimedia sense with like the podcast and you know, I've done a few other similar 
not, not similar to a podcast, but similar in like a multimedia sense. That mm-hmm. uh, like Rogue Sun has a choose your own adventure issue, and it has a and sorry Rogue Sun Seven. Yeah, was a choose your own adventure issue. Oh, okay. I which was cool. Yeah, I picked up on on Free Comic Book Day. They did uh they did my local store did sixty percent off uh, trades, so I picked up the first volume of Rogue Sun. So that's that goes through six, but um, I haven't read it yet. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. It looks good, so I'll have to I'll have to find issue seven as well. Um, yeah, I have to be honest. I haven't read the well, well. So I've read the the first arc through like review PDFs, and then I picked up the seventh issue just just because it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I'm 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 maybe I've read that one as a PDF as well, but. Uh, I read it. That's the main thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I tried the first issue. I, I tried the first few issues of, of the Dead Lucky. Okay. It, it was good, but I, I wanted to. It was one of those ones that I have to return to one day because I just wanted to pour this space to something else. So. Right. But that, that just happens sometimes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was looking for that one too. I was actually looking for as many, um, and I, I ended up not finding. Uh, the volume one of Kaya uh, at my, at my store. Uh, I, I, I was, yeah. So, and I was looking for all the different image and I think we talked about this on, on the league actually for, for a little bit is um, I love how they do their first volumes at 10 bucks. Like that's. Oh yes. I remember. Right? Yeah. And so I, I was looking for as many and that's why I picked up rogue Sun is cause that, that was the only first volume that I could, that I could find. Um, because like you know, with sixty percent off, that that you basically pay for one issue and you get six of them. So I think that's so smart because it gets it gets you in and caught up, you know. And like, because I know half the battle of of like half the time that I don't add something to my pull list, it's because I'm I'm not caught up, and it would you know take a while for me to get caught up. <laughs> so making it easier to do that is is in in the company's best interest, you know. So especially when images tend to be so prompt about those that sort of thing image series like marvel seems to be uh, maybe maybe marvel is just as prompt i don't have the exact uh, i'd have to look into a few examples to make a proper judgment on that but marvel seems to be pretty decent as well mm-hmm. whereas like dc is just like forget about it you'll get a hard it, it seems to be at the moment you'll get a hardcover like some indiscriminate amount of time after the arc yeah. and then maybe a paperback if you're lucky a year later or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I saw them recently still putting out like Fair State paperbacks or whatever, and it's it's been that was like late twenty twenty one, I want to say. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't. Re- yeah, it must have been. It was not recent, that's for sure. Yeah. So that slightly segues into a couple of other comics that I read in April. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them being Kaya. Okay. Yeah. That um because that started a, a new story arc. Of issue seven, six was a fun like standalone okay. issue with with it. It was fun because it included a bit of backstory on on her and then some like, other like extra goodies in, in the back. So, but it, it was fun to like like a sort of I guess mistakenly reference to world's finest. It, it, it was fun to get back to the main story and pick yeah. up on the the ending of the, of the first arc. Yeah, it's good and to have those breaks, but it, mm. it's. It's good to have those breaks, but yeah, just getting back to the to the arc is good. I think it, it's really fun to have a series like that on my poor list, mm-hmm. where so, because I have like lots of like Marvel and DC titles, and then I have like indie series that come and go where things like 
like little monsters and, and lovesick which slight tangent lovesick seven well lovesick concluded with seven in april mm-hmm. well i've mentioned it a few times on the series including when it first started absolutely wild the creator behind it she did the covers for the second arc of rogue sun and they are gorgeous yeah so because it, it's weird because her art is gorgeous but lovesick is very disturbing it's not it has a purpose. It's not disturbing for the sake of disturbing, but it's disturbing nonetheless. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think um, that's one I'll probably be sitting out. I, I <laughs> I've heard, I've, I've heard makes sense. about it. Yeah, I've, I've heard enough about it that I'm, I'm cool just letting other people enjoy that one. Um, and then even when you have series like, like Walt Tree, which was another one that started in April by James Tynion, mm-hmm. which I, I love, and he's got quite a big following by this point um so it's, so it's still fun to have like a, a consistent title like kaya or like, some, some people i've had it pronounced kaya so i don't it, it, actually it looks like cool know. To me. i don't i don't really know yeah it's hard to tell um <laughs> it's it, it's like a really fun sort because it's like it's fantasy but it's not very heavy at all on the fantasy like they got they're sort of like fantastical creatures and it's, there's a bit of a fantasy feel but it's not even it doesn't feel very fantasy like apart from that so it's an interesting series in that sense but the, the art definitely gives it that like really f- fantastical fun feel yeah 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 i'll i mean I'm, i think i'm gonna keep kind of an eye out for it when i when i go place because i i am interested in it and i think because i have a um my my seven-year-old daughter really likes like the comics and and kind of graphic novel type stuff so i i I saw that and it it looked like something she might enjoy and i know you had said before like like reasonably it could be okay for kids obviously you know case by case basis based on you know what you let your kids watch and or read and what you you don't but um i do want to check it out because i think she might uh i think she might enjoy that so yeah and speaking of series that might be suitable for younger read readers readers um strange academy finals mm-hmm. so strange academy concluded with because i mentioned earlier it was relaunched that that concluded with issue six mm-hmm. in april and that's been a really fun series one of my favorites well i did the i did half an episode oh, yeah. on it back in like the early, one of the earliest episodes in like october november mm-hmm. because then i covered like another series and the uh, um, second half of the episode with someone, but it, they've been putting out those like the trades uh-huh. of that series in like in like smaller size trades. Sometimes called like graphic novels, where they're like smaller than a like single issue or trade paperback. So I think they're meant to be more for like kids. And I don't know if they've actually ever appeared in like a Scholastic Book Fair or something, but I imagine that's the sort of market they might be going for potentially. So. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it, it just has that youthful art style as well, right? I, it's funny. I um, <laughs> I was I was confused because I you've been you've been saying Strange Academy, and I've been thinking Umbrella Academy, and I do not think that that <laughs> is for children, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I I, uh, I don't I think uh, I I really want to read the comic, uh, and I know it's going to be a lot different from the show, which I enjoy, but um. Yeah, I think I think it's very mature if my understanding is correctly correct. And I was like kind of confused. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize about that. But now now I'm seeing I've seen some 
some strange academy books but okay yeah no i mean i'm always i'm always on the lookout i have i actually i have five kids so i'm always oh well for, yeah i'm i'm always on the lookout for uh for kids comics they 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 love going to the the store and they like getting them and uh and so i'm always i'm always on the lookout for those that's why i have uh i have darkwing duck on my pull list as well so, oh nice yeah so that's that's mostly for them although i i obviously that's uh that's nostalgic to me uh, as the show mm. that when i was a kid so i, I know okay Rayner, and hopefully that's how you say it so if not that uh, on the league so often posts about like scooby-doo comics from dc yeah. and the, the the batman and scooby-doo yeah. adventures comic which honestly it looks like fun so i'm after out at some point yeah those those are fun i i have we, I, we haven't been pulling them but they they did a, a 12 issue series like a year or two ago and they're in, i think in the middle of another 12 issue series now it, I, right. all by Sholly fish i think is his name and he he does a ton of different stuff um this one book that we got from him was uh it's called batman's mystery case book and it's just like this little kid's graphic novel that um has like a handful of different mysteries in it and uh, it actually like teaches you about like forensics and like um, like different techniques that they use, like dusting for fingerprints and and different things like that. So it's like it's pretty cool, um, and it's uh, obviously it's good for um, good for kids. So I've always wondered about the Scooby Doo one, the the regular Scooby Doo comics though. Like if if like the 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 mysteries in those are actually you know compelling or if it's like really straightforward and easy to solve or whatever but i haven't i have i don't think i've ever checked any of the those out yeah i don't know but um i I think they might be entertaining things as you it reminds me of things come to mind like the the idw sonic the hedgehog comics which are like fun which are also good also had good things about but there there are like a few comics like that yeah that, that seemed like a lot of fun yeah i read the first volume of the idw sonic um and it was it was it was like it's good enough i i think that i got an understanding after i read it that it's like set following one of the games and it was i think it was a game i hadn't played oh i see so it wasn't like you needed it but they talked about it like a lot of stuff that had happened and um it didn't it didn't feel much like a first volume in that sense but but like overall like the like the the art reflected the games pretty well so that's kind of cool um mm. i like all the the I, i'm very interested in like all the licensed stuff that that idw does although my understanding is that they're in something of some kind of trouble but <laughs> in regards to their their status but well they lost transformers and grj um they they still seem to have Turtles and Sonic at the moment, but obviously, see yeah. where that goes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely not uh, in the know about about any of that kind of stuff, like with the the industry yeah. and everything. I'm just I'm just here to read. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel that just, yeah. sometimes that's what. Um, yeah, it's just fun when when something big happens and you want you want to talk about it someone like outside of comics but then you have to like explain why it's important because because uh, you just uh, i think this is just the kind of person i am within the comics community just absorbing lots of information but as well it's just like lots of like background and like context and about things that i just have just been built up over the years right right but, but yeah like you like you'd um you'd mentioned 
you know, it's kind of nice to have the, the, the occasional or having like the, the indie titles on the, the pull list. Um, mm-hmm. That, uh, I'm trying to find the actual publisher. It's Comics Experience Publishing. I don't know if you've ever read anything from them, but they recently they recently did something called Saga of a Doomed Universe. And it's like this sort of like story within a story type thing about that that uh that also has to do with kind of like the comics industry and um but it's like it's in the the format of a uh like an unreleased comic from the 80s but like throughout it like the the writer is like leaving notes for you to figure out what's happening i haven't finished it yet um but it it is pretty interesting so far and it, it you get like that the the art style is is very reminiscent of the 80s cuz obviously it's supposed to be an unreleased you know 80s book but that was that's a pretty that was a pretty good one um and then and then coming up at the end of may is something called Joseph 1957 i don't know if you've seen anything with that no it, it i i won't read the whole thing but it's it's about a gorilla that the soviet union sent into space it's not it, that's not, it didn't actually happen at least i don't think it happened um but the um the solicit for the second issue and so it's, it's i think it's only a two-part uh series it's just one issue one and two but the the second issue says that u.s president dwight d eisenhower blasts into space to take on the gorilla himself and that just sounds too wild for me not to pick up i i i have no idea like who came up with that idea but it sounds wild <laughs> It's a zero-gravity battle between the United States president and the Soviet guerrilla at the height of the Cold War. That's exactly right. Well, yeah. This... I don't know about you, but I'm solved. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, I don't... Especially, and it helps that it's only... It, I, I was, like, looking at it. I added it to my list, and then I was, like, having, like, buyer's remorse. I'm like, I really shouldn't have added it to my list. That's so dumb. But, <laughs> but um, it's only two issues, so I'm like, all right, I can, I can stomach it for two months. And that way I can tell people I have a comic where Eisenhower fights a gorilla. So at least for that. But. At least of miniseries, you sort of know roughly how much you're going to invest in it over yeah. like how long or short it is, which I think is, is always something. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's funny you mentioned that because that's, that's where my, I, like I said before, like I, I was, I was adamant about not, uh, pull like buying physical comics, just reading them on you know digital and stuff like that. And then I started pulling them, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll only pull ones that are uh, limited series, so that I know when they're going to end. And then I started, then I added like Daredevil and Batman and Nightwing, and I was just like, it's it's over now. I just I'm I'm I've died I've dove all the way in. So <laughs> yeah, it is interesting because I feel like I tend to have the opposite mentality. Some people in that sense, where I like the idea of having, a, like, an ongoing... Or, or having ongoings on the poor list, for one, because then that means I can have, like, nice, like, decent runs in my long boxes or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, miniseries, I can, like, buy the trades off on the shelf rather than having, not rather than having, like, ten volumes of Amazing Spider-Man and, like, ten sets of miniseries of single issues, whatever. Right. But that's just sort of personally... But but then there are like certain times when I just like decide that I can just like afford a, a mini series for how long how long it's on like love I, like love sick was a mini series from the start and right. um, like 
this really cool one called All Against All wrapped up in April, which I absolutely loved. Because I, I so as it, art by Casper Wingard, mm-hmm. who before this drew Homesick Pilots, written by Dan Waters, with lettering by Dick Bridicard, which I absolutely loved. And there was an episode on that in January with for, with Connor from the Good Comic Geeks, oh, yeah. and then also, um, so this was written by All Against All was written by Alex Peckmadell, who's taken over some of the symbiote titles recently with Carnage and Red Goblin. Oh, okay. The whole Summer of Symbiotes thing. Yeah. And I owe a lot of praise for Hassan Otsmain Elhel as a, a letterer, and his lettering was like fantastic in that series. So it was the sort of thing where, I, when it was an, when it was announced, I was like, yeah, I, I can probably wait for the, the trade. And then when it released, I was like, no, okay, no, I, I need to, I need to get this. And I'm glad I did, but right, yeah, and no, I, I, I hear you there. And like, I've done that. What was, what was, which one was it? I think I can't remember. I think it was, uh, it might have been Nightwing when I first dropped it. I like, I dropped it off my pull list, and then I went in to pick up my other pulls, and I grabbed it off the shelf anyway. <laughs> I was just like, I, I gotta do it. And then, but now since then, I, I, I did not get one hundred two. And I think 103 came out fairly recent or is coming out or came out. I don't know. But another, another one that, um, that I want to talk about, cause I think I, I saw that you had read, was it clear on Amazon? Is that right? Yes. But so, well, so I, I, well, based on that reaction, I feel bad. Oh no. That clear wasn't. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't read clear. Uh, I was just, um, okay. I was, it's another Amazon series that I, that I had read, but it sounds like I should read clear. <laughs> Is that Scott Snyder too, or is that someone someone else? Having not read it, it is it's better than reading it and not liking it. I mean, you, like, you obviously can not like it, but <laughs> right. Um, yes, that one was it, it was in like the first wave of, of titles yeah. you put out because there was in late twenty twenty one. It was We Have Demons with Greg Capullo and Claire with Francis Manipal and Night of the Ghoul with. Francesco Francovia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've talked a, a decent amount on, on the podcast about, um, well, because the Manipal with Bocciolato, like wrote and drew the Flash New 52 run, which is like the first comic run I read, like the trades of that. So, and I just love his art in general. So it always feels very special to me. So when, and then also when Scott Snyder, like Justice, is Justice League. Was the first comic I was picking up like monthly, mm-hmm. like as it came out like properly. There was there was some other series that I had, like jumped on before that, but that felt like the the one where I sort of like stayed with it for right. like, thirty nine issues. So like them them coming together for their own creator own series was going to be special in like any fashion, but it's it's like absolutely the kind of story I, I would just love anyway. Mm-hmm. So like sci fi futuristic dystopia with like an interesting. Like detective noir, they are underwritten some like intriguing implications, and it, it's a really cool series. And I, I was honored to have Francis Manipal on the podcast, talk to him about the comic in March. So that was really cool. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, because uh, part of the mm, oh, go ahead. Well, so part of the basic premise is that in the future, everyone can well. How's it? 
yeah, so it, it, they're described as like neurological filters, like a neurological internet in this like post. Not really. It's not really. I think he, the main character sort of mentions this in the first issue, but it's not really a post-apocalypse. It's just of a world in decline. But anyway, so it means that people can like filter the world however they want. Oh. Like however they want to they see it. That's how they can see it. So if they want to see it, it's like a cartoon style. Right. Then they can see the world in that stuff. They want to see it in like a, like an old western or an old like like forties black and white. They were right. They were. They, they can sit like so they can sit lots of different ways um so it's really cool like on a story level the story that scott tells with that but then also it means that menopause gets to like be really cool with his art style and like be experimental in terms of like illustrating the different like filters people have on and just the i suppose i'd go back to what i was saying what we were saying about earlier with underwater welder and the idea of like changing up the art style and yeah like shifting it and morphing it to, to mm. fit the story and yeah I, I really like i think his art generally feels quite atmospheric that there's a certain cinematic quality to it especially in claire but also just in general that i always love mm-hmm. yeah no i mean it it looks good and and scott snyder it, it there's always those like there's like a handful of writers that i think like have written something so good that they've earned like I'll check out whatever they write, or or at least I'll I'll basically assume that what they the the thing that they next thing that they write is worth checking out. Um, so like him writing Batman and Court the Court of Owls, it, it just like cemented him as like Scott Snyder's writing it. Like okay, it's probably pretty good. Like <laughs> you know, um, and I don't. I mean, I haven't read a ton of Scott Snyder, but I don't think I've read anything of his that I didn't like. So, um, but. The, the one thing I read of his that's also comicsology um, is uh, it's called Barnstormers. Have you, I don't know if you've checked that out or not. Uh, no, uh, I, uh, I haven't really read the, any of the digital ones he's published since those first three. So, but I think that's coming out in print over the summer anyway. So. Yeah. And so I, I, I decided to add that to my list, my pull list. Um, cause that's the, the, yeah, that, that's coming out for, through dark horse and print. I was hoping that they would, um, the, the art on it is, is I, it's hard to describe, but it's like, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not generally what I would consider to be, uh, someone that likes like romances. Right. But that's, that's basically what this is, you know? And it's, um, and it's really cool. And it's just like, it's, it's set, uh, after, after world war one and all these pilots are, and I didn't know this before I read it, but basically all these pilots would fly around and, and do stunts and, um, and then like collect money at the end of it from the people. So, um, and so it's, it's sort of a, a, um, it ends up being like a sort of a murder mystery thriller centering around that. But uh, yeah, I, I, if, if you, if you're able to add it to your, your pull list, I recommend it. And I'm probably I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be picking it up and getting getting the uh, the paper copies because I already read it all on um on uh, Comicsology but, but yeah so that should be a good one let's see yeah it should be good. the the art looks really cool from what I've seen so it's like it's like uh it I don't think it's it's not watercolor but it it, it almost has that sort of mm. like uh, like airy feel to it that that watercolor does um, but yeah so. Another one that I read yeah. 
in April mm-hmm. was, um, and it's kind of interesting because it's not something I don't think I, I would have normally read, but it's called Frankenstein Alive Alive. Um, and it's just this, it's, it, I guess it's technically black and white. I don't, I don't think that, that there was any color. If there was, it was the, you know, the, the occasional, um, you know, thing here or there, but it was, it was just a really good, like kind of introspective story on, on Frankenstein's monster. And like, uh, after they, um, after the initial like story, right. Like the, the regular, you know, Frankenstein's created alive, you know, whatever. And how like his creator like haunts him and, uh, trying to kind of like find it, find his place, you know, where to be. And it, it's, it's a really good story. So I, 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 I highly recommend that one. Um, that's, that was IDW too, which I was actually kind of surprised that it was IDW because it seemed a little bit, I'm obviously like, like we talked about before, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that seeing their, you know, licensed stuff. So, but it was, it was very good. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Wait, this is the issues to cases to come out. What, what's that? The, the, the issues are like, like must have taken it like quite a while to, to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, no, it's, it's right. Uh, the, the interesting thing about that was the, the artist, the artist on it, uh, was it Bernie Wrightson actually died. Um, and was, um, I think, I think they, I think that he was sick, like while he was doing the art for this, but, um, died before it was a four issue series died before issue four could come out so and, and then on top of that it looks like issue three actually took a while to come out too and I, I imagine that had to do with health issues but um the the forward in the book is just this like beautiful like tribute to this to this artist which I, i'm gonna be honest i had never heard of of bernie wrightson before but um it looks like he did a lot of like swamp thing uh you know it, a lot of the like uh kind of i don't want to say horror because it's not not i guess true horror but it's it's a lot of the like the creepier <laughs> uh, kind of scary stuff but um but yeah the, the forward to the the introdu- the introduction in the book is just it's this this beautiful tribute and then someone finished it up um for them and then they finally released it on like a in like a collected edition after that but um yeah so it's it's that 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 one that one got five stars from me that was very very good it's on you can you can read it with the prime reading on comiXology i believe i think that's how i read it and i think you can also read it on hoopla maybe but i need to find it yeah that's yeah that's interesting that one is it's always interesting when you have those even when when they aren't necessarily like adaptations but sort of continuations of like public domain classic prose stories like that right Right, because uh, uh, this is something like completely different. But um, like like because like in April, I don't know if you heard about Renfield at all. Mm. The that Nick, it was like a new like Nicholas Cage movie, Nick Cage, with that Nicholas Holt, who was I think it was in like some of the later X Men movies. So that was like like a Dracula, like a modern day Dracula thing, which was uh, a lot of fun and sort of that quite violent, but like a really like sad. Like comedic, fun way. Yeah, that was yeah that that was that was a fun movie, hmm. good movie. No, I'll, I'll have to look into that. Nick Cage is just he's he's something. Yes, he he it was actually like decently entertaining as Dracula. Mm-hmm. It was that weird point where like the campiness sort of played into it, where 
it's of they're they're doing almost into like a full sense of security mm-hmm. because like the, the the campiness so it makes you think it's more of, of like a joke and then there would be times when i was actually found it like genuinely creepy i'm like oh like interesting yeah yeah because it's sort of like 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 a really fun interesting balance between like disturbing and camping so that was yeah yeah it was something i think so yeah i don't know if there's anything else in particular that you want to highlight well this is this book is at this point 13 13 years yeah 13 years old I read Space Ghost. All right, I, I it's 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 weird because I'm convinced that if I recommend this to people, that it, it's not going to be for everyone. And I think not not that like it's like polarizing or anything. I just I just can't really explain what it is about it that was so good. Um, it's it's a like a classic revenge. So I, I don't know if you've heard of Space Ghost before, but he he's like a Han uh what Hanna Barbara. Uh, like cartoon character and oh. yeah and so like that's like like yogi bear and like <laughs> like stuff like that right and he was he had a, a show a tv like a cartoon for a while and then like when i was a kid he had a sh- like it was a cartoon talk show on adult swim on cartoon network called space goes coast to coast right so like and I, and I would i would occasionally you know watch it but it was i wasn't like a like a huge like follower of it or anything but this story is just it's just it's a revenge story and it's just a really like solid revenge story if you go into it looking for you know anything that hasn't been done before or anything (laughs) anything you know that's gonna any twists they're gonna blow your mind like that's not that's not gonna happen but i just i read the whole thing in in like two basically two sittings and it would have been one sitting if i if i had had the time but yeah it's just it's just a really what i think a really well done like revenge story where i don't want to spoil it for anybody but he is he's wronged and he gets the people back so yeah i mean there's that um and then have you read any of the because like looking uh, i know that uh DC had like a Hanna Barbera line going on in yeah like 2016 2017 yeah uh, I, I, I haven't really read any of that I don't know if you have so I heard that so I've I've only read one of those I read um I got a copy of Nightwing and Magella Gorilla which um it's the the main reason I got that is that like my like my best friend uh when we were in elementary school he would call me Magella Gorilla which you know, maybe looking back on it, that wasn't the the most flattering nickname, but that's fine. Um, and so, like Nightwing's my favorite character. Miguel, guy used to be called Miguel Gorilla, so that was just like a no brainer that I had to get it. And then, um, so that was that was it was fine a fine book, but I, I mostly got it for the just for the the combo. And then Tom King, which I, I am a I am a big Tom King fan, but he wrote a Batman Elmer Fudd one um and but i i didn't get a chance to read that but i heard it was actually really good so yeah i've heard a lot of good things about that i can't remember who it was with but there was a super sons one in the super sons on the bus yeah where they interact with let me look at it up super sons is interesting because i I strongly dislike damian wayne but i read 
I got a, I got my hands on a handful of um, Super Sons issues and I read them and I'm like, okay, so like this is why people like him and it's because of John Kent. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, like early Super Sons issues and yeah. that's all that. The, the whole like original universe in general just some of my favorite comics, especially with Jorge Jimenez on artwork. It's just like, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see how that's all going to pan out in uh, Adventures of John Kent. Yes. Well, that 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 cover just got released. But like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen with that series? I, I... Well, so. <laughs> yeah, so. As uh, I think probably, this is probably going out the week before issue four comes out, but I know like Watson on yeah um, on like League and Twitter. I don't know how how many of you of his posts you've seen, but yeah, I, I'm sort of very like hooked into his like I, I didn't I, again like I, I know I've said this phrase like a few times, but like conspiracy has a negative connotation, but it's very sort of like trying to like connect the threads and it's yeah. just like praying for no definitely. Yeah. No, I mean he, he's he's yeah he's something. It's interesting. But um, it's, we yeah on that we can only hope on that front. But we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, I I just John Ken's such a weird character for me. Uh, well, no, I I and and I just even mean that just from like my viewpoint, right? Not like I don't have any particular connection to him or anything. But like uh, I've only read two issues of um, Son of Kal El. Uh, I read the Nightwing mm. tie-in and I read the Kal-El returns issue um but like i like i like where he is as a as a character but i i first of all can't help but feel like it would have been better if he had stayed the age not if they had not aged him up you know like there's that but also i feel like they need to do something with him to set him apart from clark soon or else he's just going to be a carbon copy of him you know and and maybe i wouldn't feel that way if i had read more of son of kal-el but in my experience with him in um I've, I, he was in he was he played a fairly big role in dark crisis um and i and i liked him in that it's just uh i think he needs he needs some more development outside of that so yes so i i yeah you said i i so are, it's definitely mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like, I, I know you said you you have a, a count of how many times you've mentioned Son of Cal on the <laughs> podcast, but like, is that is that in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> like, do you like the book or do you not like it? Are you torn on it? The thing is, it's not that like I don't even hate Son of. So, to be fair, what when the book was announced, I was oh I don't know I think like Nightwing was. was maybe in its early days and then i like i loved his work on like deceased and i mean injustice is interesting um oh and suicide squad of also with bruno redondo i love that series so yes that's that's a fantastic book um so i i was sort of like optimistic i I was like excited because at that point i was quite after like the few years the bendis era and everything i was sort of down on like the new version of John Kent. So I sort of had hope that like if anyone could make him interesting, yeah, like it would be Tom Taylor. I distinctly remember thinking that at the time. And for the most part, I, I did really enjoy that that first arc. I think I, I love that first arc. I think it's it was really fun and highlights it, it sort of like hi- highlights some of the things that I think he was trying to go for and that you try to continue into because like the the first six issues, it doesn't 
I mean, I mean, it, it has a bad guy, but the bad guy is more in the, in the background. The, the bad guy sort of is more of like a because they're like there are like sort of like a few problems that are like just out in the world that he has to sort of like maybe firefight and in yeah. one case literally um across the world and that sort of made it like exciting. And then the, the bad guy just happened to be the one that was like playing the strings, right? But then for like the the rest of the book. It sort of like pushed the bad guy to the front. It was like, oh, this is his like, real, this is his like big plan all along, his real plan. And sort of like by like pushing him to the forefront, it just sort of exposed how, like personally, he just it, it's just a bit like flat and uninteresting. Right. And and so it, it just it's sort of the point where it's just more of like a cackling, it's sort of like putting like a cackling bad guy at the forefront, right. and then still trying to like push successfully the, the types of because it's, it's it's the sort of Thing where I think he takes pride in in that it's all like a superhero comic without much like action at, at times. He's sort of like so, trying to solve the world's issues and like that. That's fine in like in theory, but I think the execution is sometimes leaves a bit a bit sometimes leaves a bit to be desired for some people, right. especially like I mentioned earlier about some people thinking Nightwing is a bit safe and that sort of thing where it's. Right. It, it, it's all a bit to sort of like flat and yeah, and shallow and something that both John and Tim's boyfriends in in lots of people's opinion including my own but I mean to each their own that they are, are very like a bit shallow and yeah, yeah I mean it, it just sort of reads as like in some points like trying to like I guess I'm describing virtue signaling but not in a way that like do bros use it yeah well, that, that, that is the thing with that sorry that's the thing with those comics yeah some of these comics where it's like where it's like when i talk about them i'm going to talk about them in a way that some like other people but they mean it in like a negative way i'm coming from, from like a place of which i don't know how that sounds but you know what i mean right no i mean it, i i hear what you're saying and it's like um you know i i like i don't know anything about uh who is it jay um well i exactly in some ways well but so like Mm. i think the big one of the things though is um i don't know i don't know anything about like john kent's previous like romantic relationships Mm. but like with with tim and bernard like tim and steph were were, like we're solid so like that's going to be a big hurdle for any any writer of bernard to overcome is that tim already had someone really like that that i think a lot of people felt were a good fit and now they have to like kind of fit this into it and and i don't know if if john has to deal with that because i don't know of any i I could be wrong i mean does john have you know x's that he needs to (laughs) that that jay will need to compete with in terms of um fans i'm not really sure not not in the same way right Uh, um well because well i suppose for i suppose because also John was only created in like 2016, right? So <laughs> he's been around for like like a lot less time than Tim. And then there the, there was a friend in the like rebirth, the original Tomasi Gleason one, which they they could have done like a sort of like childhood crush sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that that wasn't really massively expanded upon. And there was uh, it, it, Bendis tried to give him a bit of a romance with. I remember her name, but in his Legion of Superheroes one, just sort of just sort of like quietly went away, um, like the book itself. So he doesn't really um 
definitely not in, not not in the same way as like Tim Steph. So right, and I know right. uh, I the one thing I do like about Jay is that uh, I, I did like how he sort of tied back him, him back to like that, that Suicide Squad run, and how some like wink in the area appeared in the uh, in those some of those issues. So that that was fun, but right. Well, I think I think uh, I I don't know if you. I think I remember thinking you might have alluded to this a bit, but I think that's part of the thing with something like Tim and Bernard, where it, it, it sort of surface level in in some ways and can be seen as that because it's a lot of like telling and, and sometimes not much showing, which I think it can be a bit of a downfall when you because like it, it, it's not like there's a lack of potential there with Tim's direction over the past couple of years, but. Um, there's maybe like again in execution, it could just be, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, and I, and I mean it. We're like just. I think that it's like that when any kind of characters like romantic relationship changes. It, yeah, you have to convince the fans of that character that this new person either either you have to convince them that this new person is better, or or if you write it in such a way that they're just not. Like that they're going to go back to this other person. Like, so like, like I'm a big, you know, Dick Grayson fan. Like I'm team Dick and Babs all the way. Right. Like I don't need Starfire in there messing stuff up, (laughs) but like people have really strong opinions about this stuff, you know? And like, like regardless of, you know, you know, who came first or whatever, but like people have really strong opinions on who their favorite characters should be with. So I, I mean, I don't, I haven't read, like, I, I just know, like, from what, what you see on um, some random smartass posts about Tim and Steph that he obviously has very strong opinions about that particular relationship. So. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, and. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. I think it's, because uh, that's the interesting thing is that I've, because he hasn't really been around that long, mm-hmm. I've still read most of John's appearances, whereas I do not have the same um, experience with Tim at all. So that's always interesting to read his reviews and other people's reviews. Yeah. yeah but, okay. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if you've got anything more to say about anything we've I don't, talked about, anything you read. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think we covered a, a, I, I'm surprised, actually surprised at how much stuff we covered on the <laughs> my apparently very long list of stuff that I read in April. But I'm gonna, I'm probably just gonna keep hammering away at at 80s captain america because i i'm just it's just it's crushing it so <laughs> but but yeah so i appreciate you having having me on um it's always cool to just i mean just sat and talked comics for an hour and 45 minutes i'll i'll, I'll take yeah you know like <laughs> can't beat that so yeah yeah for sure it's always fun thank you for coming on it it was quite fun because um when, when I tried to get a guest for each of these episodes, mm-hmm. I, I feel like so far um, I, I've been a bit more organised in it. And then this month, uh, I, I just was like, I had to just message into the elite Discord. It's like, oh, who wants to come on? I've got like a free slot, and so I'm I'm excited and it makes me appreciative that that a few people were willing to come on and that you were willing to come on and we were willing to work this out because I know sometimes with time zones it's always a bit of a mess yeah yeah but so it worked out so all right yeah well well yeah thank you just uh, have a nice rest of your day absolutely you too all right 
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening. I would really appreciate it. If you want to keep up to date on new episodes, please subscribe. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email the show at joetalkscomics.gmail.com. Additionally, if you need any back issues, ratio variants, core variants, or just anything in general, cool stuff to do with comics, you can check out the website for Beaders Thingamajiggets, the comic book store in Fort Collins, Colorado, and my Tibby's Comics works at, and use Joe Loves Comics at checkout to get 15% off. I don't get any money for that, it's just a cool thing for you to use if you want to yeah, check out their site and if you see anything that you like. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Joe Talks Comics, and finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Loves Comics, where we can continue talking comics. That's all for now, and I hope to see you next time. Bye.